everybody. Welcome to today and welcome to Death Valley Girls Podcast. This week, we talked to video hero Maggie McKay about the construction of their new video store and theater. I got to check it out and it's so, so cool. Not haunted at all and already buzzing with the energy and excitement of its new inhabitants. We also discussed the importance of building and maintaining art spaces for kids and people of the future. Please welcome to your head and heart, Maggie McKay. Well, hi, thank you so much for coming to the podcast today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, um, and I uh, just, I went to your new space and it blew my mind and it was so exciting and I can't wait to be there all the time and um, and play there and set up fun stuff. I hope you know that we're going to play there. <laughs> You're going to play there. I'm um, so, I'm, I love... Vidyats has a long history of having, you know, obviously we're really film centric, but we've always had a foot in music. And one of my favorite things to do in my personal history is to put music and film and people who love both and people who do both together. And I think musicians are some of the biggest and most educated film fans in LA, right? Because they seek it out as their recreation. So it's always so fun to put those two things together. Yeah, I'm so excited for that. I feel like there hasn't really been a space um, on this side of town that like a necessary space on this side of town. Um, so thank you for providing that. But uh, maybe we can begin by, will you just tell us sort of um, the history of Idiots and how you um, got to where you are uh by building the new space. And then I want to talk about the building a lot, if that's okay. Yes. Oh my God. I love talking about the building. Okay, uh, cool. <laughs> yes. Okay. So uh, Vidiots was opened in 1985 by Patty Pollinger and Kathy Tauber, who are um, Native Angelinos. And um, I think in my humble opinion, <laughs> two of the most um, important figures in contemporary film culture in Los Angeles, because Vidiots, um just has had such an incredible wide ranging influence on both uh, the filmmaking community and the film loving community for sure since 85. Um, they opened videots because they couldn't find the films they wanted to watch. They opened videots because they were tired of working in male dominated industries where they didn't really feel like they had um, the freedom to do what they wanted and, and to like have their own business was a dream. And they kept thinking of what they wanted to do with that business and how they could work for themselves. And when they realized that there were no video stores that were cropping up that were really catering to people who wanted to watch documentaries and experimental film and international film and the kinds of movies that just weren't being stocked then, they knew that was their business model. And they, yeah. Oh, sorry. Just such an interesting thing that I think uh, our younger listeners might not totally remember is like, everything was physical and to access it, you needed a store or like a place there wasn't online, which I think like people, I forget that is like, you could like order something by calling or sending away or whatever, but like mainly you just went to a store and that's how you chose what you wanted, which I think like, it's really something people should just think about a little bit. Like, and yeah, I just, I totally forgot, but that is what was so important about that. And, um, 
just like learning about anything, like anything you wanted to learn about, you had to go somewhere and get a video or like a record or whatever, um, or go to a show. And like, I think that, yeah, just what you're doing and having that again, even though you can access too much information, I think it's important to be able to have a physical thing. Um, cause you really, it, you can really study it that way. And, uh, yeah. you know, but and, <laughs> and discovery, I mean, it's funny. There's all the word experiential. I'm like, I remember when that started cropping up recently, I was like, we have to have that word now because in, in before that, everything was experiential, leaving the house to go to buy a book or to buy a record. It was all experiential. And now, you know, very little of it is very little of life feels experiential. So now we're like shoehorning experience into daily life, which is so weird. Um, but yeah, physical media is, is the key to discovery. It truly is. There is not an algorithm that can replace um, the experience of browsing a very large and expansive and well-curated and um, yeah. well-represented catalog of whatever it is you're looking for, books, records, um, movies. It's, it, you, you need that experience um, and nothing can replace the exchange that you could have with a human being yeah. around art. So oh, That's so cool. And just like, Kind of like when I was a kid, I would go to the smell like every weekend. It was yeah. just like, I don't care what's playing. Uh, it doesn't matter. I trust that. I trust that I want to see it. And it was like, you listen to KXLU to find out what show is at the smell. And like just that cycle and who you meet and all of that stuff in that community is like, you know, people need that. That's something that you can take it away and have groups on Facebook, which I'm actually getting super into like, uh, like star seed and alien groups. And like, cause nice. like, there's no, I don't really know how you can meet people and talk about like the occult as like at a bookstore or something, but I don't know. It's yeah. like the idea of at, at the, in the occult section at videos in the, exactly. in the alien, in the alien section of the video store. Absolutely. Yeah, and those are essential places for people that feel like I've just been thinking about it a lot is like, if you don't really play sports, even if you do, sometimes you need something else. And like the community you find in music and art, like, especially for those kids and people that don't necessarily do like the normal thing is like the most important thing in the world. And like where I found myself or I haven't found myself, but where I started to and (laughs) we can all try. Yeah, that's all we can do. But I think it's just so cool. And that it's like, girls is so cool too because it is like just traveling around the country and world and shit like that is I mean a lot of things are male dominated but like the obscure video and movie thing is so like a man's world and it's so cool to that I have a reference point for it not being um just in my life because of you guys and that's so cool Uh. Patty and Kathy would love to hear that. And and it's true. I mean, the thing that is always so odd to me is, especially in the first like year that I got involved with videos, I came from the film festival world and, and I grew up in, in New York city and, uh, was really, my adolescence was basically saved and protected by a video store. And so, so um, 
I'm very vocal about my affection for video stores before even way before Vidiots. And so when they were looking for an executive director, a few people that we knew in common were saying, there's somebody you might want to talk to. She's really into video stores. <laughs> and, um, and so that's, that's sort of how I met Patty and Kathy. But I remember in that first year that I was working with them, I was always surprised. People would say, Vidiots is run by women. <laughs> yeah. Like they couldn't, like they couldn't be shocked. And I realized really kind of sadly, which is something I kind of already knew that people don't naturally associate because we live in a fucking patriarchy. Oops. Am I allowed to curse? Sorry. Please. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, oh, do everything. Because, because the world is, is so obscenely male dominated that people don't associate shit that's cool or transformative with women. Yeah. It's anything cool is sort of um, just accidentally or intentionally identified as male. And so a big part of um, what I realized I wanted to do once I got to Vidiots is really make sure that people knew who Patty and Kathy were and yeah. why they opened Vidiots. And like the fact that our, our library is very special not just because of we were in LA and because of the time period and because of their incredible curatorial interests and skills, but also because uniquely we were one of the few video stores that was owned and operated by women and therefore it had an influence. Yeah, no, it's, and it's to, like, if you take away that reference point, like I didn't, I'm not sure if I necessarily knew that a hundred percent or just could feel it and tell that it was like, there, you know what I mean? Like you can a good safe space. Yeah. And just yeah. female, like, which isn't, you know, like the record store scene, which is what I was like into is just, you were just like a little twerp, you know, at like, totally. it was just like embarrassing. Like, Oh, is he going to think I'm weird for looking at this record? Like it didn't feel fun or yeah, I, I don't know. It, it did too, but I think it's just so special and I'm so excited for, thank you. Um, Cause I think things are just changing. Like I think, the problem, I mean, not to get too much into it, but I think the problem with everything at the root of it is like what people think men are supposed to be and what people think women are supposed to be. And I think people are like losing that slowly, like letting that go and being like, oh my God, you know, like I think slowly people are accepting everyone's a little bit of everything. And like, you don't have to be what society wants you to be. And I think the older generation is like, oh, what are you talking about? There's just two things and uh, men are supposed yeah. to be this way, women. But I think slowly, like our generation is like kind of maybe the last that had parents that exclusively were like, this is what you're supposed to be like. And then I think now it's kind of like, okay. I, I think, hope. I think it's I think, the beginning. Like, yeah. I think we're making progress. It. Yeah. yeah. It does. It does feel like two steps forward, 10 steps back, but, but at least the steps forward are still there. Yeah. Can you talk, um, I guess, can you tell, talk about your history with film? And sure. Like, yeah. And just like, I love how you explained, or I think it's so cool and cute. I'm sorry that you so love good. video stores. Like that's yeah. just, I, I can, I just know probably the smell, like everything the whole thing. holding it and like, um, yeah. Can you talk about you yeah. film? Yeah. I mean, I grew up in Manhattan. I was a latchkey kid uh, in the late seventies and through the eighties. Um, I, you know, I was a weirdo. I didn't, 
have, I had friends, but I, you know, didn't necessarily feel like I fit in everywhere I went. That's for sure. And, um, and I, you know, I didn't like being alone being, I was an only child for a long time. I have a wonderful sister. She's just a lot younger. So my younger years were spent as an only child. Um, and, uh, when the video store opened across the street from me, I I grew up in this time period in New York where we had a ton of freedom. Um, but it was a scary freedom. Eitan Pates was a very famous kidnapping that had happened in my neighborhood. It was horribly sad. And, you know, parents were kind of on alert, but at the same time, we had this extraordinary freedom where, you know, at 10 years old, I was taking the subways by myself. And, you know, this is before New York turned into a Macintosh store. And, um, you know, it, it, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't necessarily the most hospitable place for a small kid. So cool. Such a scary and extremely filthy period of New York history, but it's so cool. It's the coolest time ever. It was a really cool time to live there. And, you know, I didn't have, I wasn't going to CBGBs. I wasn't um, going to places like that. My mom was, but I wasn't. Oh, that's cool. But yeah, she's, she's a cool lady. But when the, when the video store opened and when I started babysitting when I was 10 and I could start squirreling money away, I could walk to three different movie theaters. Um, I could walk right across the street to the video store. I was renting the VCR for a long time until my 11th birthday. My mom got me my own VCR um, and a real TV because we hadn't had bigger than a little 19 inch before that. And when those two things happened, I really just found my way through. And I wasn't some like insane cinephile 12 year old, I was watching the same four movies every weekend. I was renting the same shit. I wasn't like watching Fastbender. You know, I I was a pretty (laughs) average kid, but I had a place to go and I had a place to occasionally run into someone and talk to someone. And I did have a place to make discovery. And, um, and between the movie theaters and the video store, I had, I found like a purpose. I found a thing I could talk to with other people. I found um, things that I loved and felt passionate about. And it just stayed with me my whole, you know, my whole life. I went to school for film studies and went to graduate school for film studies, which got me out here. And then, um, you know, I got into arts nonprofits, which is a family tradition in my (laughs) family's an arts nonprofit. That's awesome. Um, And uh, yeah. And, and then when, when videots came around, I just felt like, um, it was a pretty risky endeavor. I knew it was going to be really challenging. I had no idea exactly how challenging. Um, yeah. It was to move? No. Well, when I got involved with Vidiots, uh, Patty and Kathy were trying really hard to stay in Santa Monica. Okay. They had flirted with uh, closing several times. And every time they had flirted with closing or had announced some kind of closure, someone, including Megan Ellison and Anna Parna Pictures, um, who came in and this amazing, wonderful supporter we have named um, Dr. Leonard Lippman, um, who lived in Santa Monica and just loved vidiots. Yeah. Um, those two came in um, right at the same time and said, like, please don't close. We'll, we'll help do what we can. And so Patty and Kathy, that was like a, a kind of, you know, it resuscitated the business. Um, unfortunately, rent is what it is in Santa Monica yeah. and the city is changing and, you know, things are just really complicated. So while my intent when I got to Vidiots was to keep it in its historic location, I knew 
pretty quickly that it that we had to do something really radical yeah. to to keep the collection together and to keep a, some kind of brick and mortar um, presence. And then that involved closing in 2017. We went under the umbrella of Annapurna Pictures, and I had about two years to figure out what a plan could be. Um, with our board of directors with Patty and Kathy and this like incredible and growing group of advisors who I just said like, I, but I need help. And a lot, a lot, a lot of people stepped up. And then we, we were looking, we knew we needed screening spaces. We knew we needed to be closer to the East side because we knew there was a lack of access to film on the East side. And so we were kind of doing what Patty and Kathy did in the eighties, right? We were looking to see like, where is the void and how can we use our talent and our collection and our experience to fill that void. And then uh, a release went up on um, the Eagle, which is a a historic movie theater that um, is in my neighborhood that I had long wished would be a theater again. And, And then that's how the ball started rolling for this part of the project. Hi everybody. If you like this podcast or just like being nice, please go subscribe, like, and save this episode. If you like being really, really, really nice, go check out our Patreon page. There you will find a veritable breeding ground for cool and secret podcasts and Death Valley Girls content. Thank you. That's amazing. I mean, I um, when we met, I talked about this, but like theaters and spaces like that, to me are the coolest things ever even churches uh like just yeah. a space of for people to gather um that's huge uh and just has so much energy um is the coolest thing ever and whenever I drive around like downtown I'm always like and I see mm-hmm. all those theaters I'm like dang like I just want to buy one so bad and <laughs> obviously uh, that has nothing to do with anything <laughs> that like I, so I could play there I don't know but yeah it's just so now cool. they're amazing spaces I mean so they cool. they do have an energy to them and they have such an incredible impact on our cultures and societies and we don't yeah. even realize it And when you're in one, especially after all this time not being in one, we've had so many people just walk into the Eagle for a tour of the space and just start to cry. Yeah. Because they hadn't been in a movie theater in a year. Yeah. Um, And this is unfinished. I mean, this is, you know, we're just, we're just digging in now. That's what's so weird is it's, it's, it wants you to be there. We talked about that, but like, it wants to have movies. It wants to have life. It wants to have a bunch of people come in, be excited, be have feelings, emotions, and then leave with yep. a little bit different than they came. Like that's what that space wants. And it's it's so weird to say that because it's not something I ever thought of before. But yeah. being in there, I was like, oh, you want like to give experiences. And you don't typically think of like, like I'm not in my apartment right now being like, this place wants me to like grow and learn. It's like, it doesn't care. Like it's no. nice and I like it. And it's, I think it's probably pleased that I sleep here and, you know, eat pretty healthy or whatever, but I don't think it's like, it's not here to nurture me. No. Um, but like a theater has like expectations and wants and, and, and it's, it, that's fucking so cool like and yeah and that's you can feel it right away and like yeah um 
but do you mind uh, telling a, a little bit of the history of the building or do you sure. not talk about that stuff? No, I love talking about that okay, stuff. Okay. I'll tell you what I, I'll tell you what I know. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's not a lot of archival, uh, like images, but, um, but there are some really amazing, um, you know, very devoted and much smarter than I am, um, archivists in LA who really track LA, um, film history and, and the history of these buildings. So from what I know, um, the building was opened in 1929. It started as a vaudeville theater for just a few days, um, and then transitioned. Um, it was one of the, I think it was one of the early... It started with some vaudeville shows. Okay. It's first few days. And, um, but then it was really a proper independent movie house. Oh, okay. (laughs) You know, from that point on. Um, I believe that one of the earliest, they were, they were one of the early movie theaters that was sort of like a hybrid sound and silence. And then of course, silence were on their way out by, you know, their early days of the, of the Eagle, which was, initially called the Yosemite. Wow, it's called the Yosemite because so cool. we're on the corner of Yosemite and Eagle Rock Boulevard. That's so and cool. uh, yeah, they're really cool details. Like it was, I've read it was up to a 900 seat theater. I think it was closer to 800. Okay. Um, so it's a really big, warm, inviting space. It's very um, wide and has really high ceilings, which you can't really tell from the sidewalk um had a teeny tiny lobby which is a big part of the thing that we're correcting with our renovations um and it had um, a blue sky um painted on the ceiling the color of the sky was the ceiling and it had these really cool um pastoral paintings of um california countrysides on the walls um and it it operated, uh, you know, I mean, it had a few transitions as far as I can tell between ownership. Um, it became the new Eagle Theater, I think sometime around 1940, but then the new part just dropped off and it was the Eagle. Yeah. And it was the Eagle really um, until all the way through the 70s, it, I've read that it had a stint as a pussycat theater. Cool. I highly doubt they were showing adult cinema in there, the neighborhood probably wouldn't have tolerated too much of that. So the pussycat days didn't last long, but the marquee, the current marquee is the old pussycat marquee, Um, which is only unfortunate because the Eagle marquee was so beautiful. And eventually we'll try to fundraise to get that um, recreated, but, um, but it's not so bad to have a pussycat marquee. It's neat. So Um, and then, uh, and then after a stint as a pussycat, it operated as an independent movie theater, a lot of double features, a lot of, um, I think second run titles and, um, you know, it was really affordable and it really catered to the neighborhood and the community. And we know a lot of people who grew up going there and then somewhere around 2000, um, the projector shut down and it, um, it transitioned as a space for a church. Cool. Um, and had you been inside of there? No. So you, but you drove by it and you, did you just research, were you just looking for theaters and? Yeah, we were, so when we closed, we knew that we had to come up with a business plan that involved theatrical spaces on the East side because there just are so few and far between. Yeah. Um, and we have a growing, we have a community here who's always wanted their movie theaters. There were, there used to be there. I think there were at least two to three movie theaters on Eagle Rock Boulevard. 
So it's not that these place, these neighborhoods didn't have movie theaters. They had thriving movie theaters and now we have none. So we have this existing community that would really like to have their movie theaters back. And then we have this growing community of artistic people and creative people and people who are working in the arts and in film who have migrated East, who clearly also want to have access to film and they don't. So we knew we wanted to be closer to the East side. Um, and I thought we would build black box theaters in say like I was looking at auto body shops. I was really obsessed with auto body because they have high ceilings. Yeah. Um, And I'd been really relying on um, other uh, organizations. There's a, a wonderful theater in Tucson, Arizona called The Loft that had gotten really creative um, with an auto body shop that was next to them when they needed a third screen. And I love them. And I just call them and ask them a million questions and they would always answer my questions. And they were so nice to me. They still are. They're my friends. But, um, but so I was sort of fixated on that. And, but my best friend and I worked for the Los Angeles film festival for a really long time together. And um, he lived on Yosemite and so when we would carpool to work together, we would sit in the car at the corner of, at the light at Yosemite and Eagle Rock. And we would look at what we didn't know was the Eagle. We knew it was a movie theater, yeah. but we would look at it and we would just sort of pine about how amazing it would be if we had a movie theater and could we ever run that movie theater and how sad it was that it wasn't available um, you know, for movies. And then of course the day that I drove by with the furly sign on, I called, um, Jeff, who is our amazing, um, partner in the project. He's our contractor, but he also really worked on getting the building with us. And I just said, I think this is it. And then when we went in to see it for the first time, we just looked at each other and we were like, it's this or it's nothing. Yeah. 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 Totally. That. That's awesome. That's, I think, how you have to manifest in the end. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And, and, our, and our landlords turned out to be Vidiot's customers. No who way. Loved Vidiot's. That's so cool. it just, like, when, when I heard that, I was like, okay, this is, I don't read much into signs, but I was like, this, <laughs> if, this, if this is one, I'm taking it. Yeah, for sure. And then, so tell uh, me and them (laughs) um like uh like you know what's going on now with the construction I guess you don't have to say when you think things happen because nobody can see the future but um what are some like big plans or what are you most excited for anything like that yeah so we've got really quite exciting news coming very very soon okay um, so I don't know when this is going out into the world, I but think probably like, sorry guys, maybe like a month or a little great. bit more by a month from now, that news will be hopefully readily available. Okay. Um, we're looking at a spring 2022 opening. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Perfect. That's so exciting. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. And we've got, um, you know, we've got a lot of work to do on the building and, you know, we've been really disrupted. We're a 501c3 nonprofit and we announced fundraising publicly, uh, in October of 2019. So we had like to fundraise for a $2.5 million project before the world shut down and 
everybody fin- became financially completely insecure and had no idea what was going to happen with their lives or their homes or their businesses, including the entire film industry and every corporate sponsor we were talking to. So um, in between that time and now, a really incredible number of individual supporters and some wonderful and very devoted corporate sponsors stepped up and just were like, it's bad time. We don't, none of us know what's going to happen, but we're going to invest in this because we believe in it. And when we're out of this, we're going to need it bad. <laughs> so, um, so we've made it through pandemic. We've got a lot left to go. We have a lot of money to raise. We're raising another $1.5 million. Cool. Um, but our family is growing and the people who are in that family are the people who are the most dedicated to film, I think in the world. I mean, they yeah. just, they just believe in it and they believe in it beyond themselves. Um, I find that the people who are supporting vidiots are not just supporting it because they want to go to the movie theaters. They want to know that future generations will have the kind of access to film that we all had. That's they awesome. want their kids and kids they don't even know to be able to get inspired by a video store and a movie theater. And um, yeah, and, and, and we just see it all around us, how important these spaces are now that we're coming out of this time. So cool. Um, thank you so much for doing yeah. all of this. It is, uh, there is nothing more important than than spaces for people to be, <laughs> you know, and now everyone knows because they had the time to not be in them. So yes. thank you so much for what you're doing. And thank when you. things get closer, please let us volunteer, not just when it's open, but like if you need people to paint stuff or whatever. Let me tell you, we got we got 50,000 titles on DVD and Blu-ray. We got an 11,000 title VHS collection. They've all been in storage for really almost like, it'll be like four or five years by the time we come out of storage. Yeah. And when we turned the computers off at Vidiots in Santa Monica, they never turned back on again. So when people are like, we want to volunteer, I want to knock down a wall. I'm like, I don't know if we're going to have you knock down a wall, but we might have you inventory 50,000 titles on TVT and Blu-ray. I'm totally down. So awesome. Yeah. Good. Yeah. We need you. There's nothing I would like to do more. Honestly, that sounds like a dream. Good. Uh, yeah. I like to, I really, I mean, this doesn't matter for anything, but my favorite kind of meditation is like when you're doing something, like most people like to listen to music or while they're doing shit like that. But I like to just like be in silence and like, but while moving my hands, it's like. I like to alphabetize. It works for me. Yeah, that's cool. Well, is there anything else that you would like, um, or where, where can people go to help fundraise and stuff? Amazing. So it's vidiotsfoundation.org. And we um, are in a huge fundraising campaign. Um, And we're in a matching campaign. Um, I mean, it's a lot of really exciting stuff. And and every single penny goes to the renovations of the building, to making it ADA accessible, to putting state-of-the-art sound and projection equipment in to getting the video store up and running and to hiring an incredible staff of people um, who are going to make so this all happen. So that's what that's what the money goes to. And every single penny is huge and, and gets amplified and, and put into something really special. So yeah, and it's videosfoundation.org. Thank you so much for yeah. coming on here. Um, and I just think you're the best. Um, and You're the best. 